When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm delighted you're along for the ride here alongside the members, the assembled members of the hashtag crew. Uh, Bubba's happy. Uh, Hembo's happy. Nuno's disgusted. The Giants fall from the ranks of the unbeaten last night in a loss to the Cowboys on Monday Night Football, which means 28 of the 32 teams in the NFL are either 2-1 and one or 1-2. One and two. The Eagles haven't lost a game. The Dolphins haven't lost a game. The Raiders haven't won a game. And Houston has a tie. Everyone else is either 2-1 and one or 1-2. One and two. So the level of parity that exists in the NFL right now is remarkable, at least in the early going, and I like it. So I was watching the game last night. I was thinking to myself, are either of these teams playoff teams? In my opinion, the answer on the Cowboys is definitively yes. The answer on the Giants is equally definitively no. I think they've been fortunate to be where they are, sitting right now at 2-0 going into last night. They're playing a team this week that is equally fortunate to be sitting where they are at 2-1 in the Bears. That's, a, that's the least interesting, interesting game I can possibly imagine this Sunday between those two teams, but we'll see. So the following question exists. I, I'm, gonna, I'm just jotting down, if you just looked at the standings, you would think these 10 teams in the NFC have the best shot at making the playoffs this year, and we know that only seven of them can. Philly, Dallas, and the Giants in the East. Tampa, and I'm going to include New Orleans just because of the expectations for them as bad as they've looked, but I'm just not taking them out of the discussion yet. Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, the Rams, and the 49ers. Those are the 10 teams that, as I look at it, I say, have to be in the discussion for one reason or another now. Take three of them out. Three of them won't make it. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Bucks, Saints, Packers, Vikings, Bears, Rams, Niners. Nuno, take three of those teams out. Well, I don't think the Lions will make it. Okay, the Lions weren't one of the teams I mentioned, <laughs> so that wasn't an option. <laughs> I'm a, just having a bad day today. Yeah, Nuno is frustrated. He's tired. He was in the middle of doing something else when I asked him the question. Mm. Hembo, let me start then with you, and I'll give Nuno a second. Maybe he should check the Google Doc, huh? Out of those 10. Now, listen, Bubba, right, Bubba, I don't even want to hear it from you. Nuno checks the Google Doc every single day. I've got like 9,000 sound bites on my screen that he puts up there every day. In the meantime, Bubba basically puts on a Micah Parsons jersey, doesn't shower, shows up to work, and feels good about himself. <laughs> hey, I Check the doc, though. I was ready. Uh, he would, so, okay, now I'll ask it to you. Take three of those teams out of the playoffs in the NFC. Which three of those teams don't make it? Giants, Saints, Bears. Hembo, any of those you disagree with? No, I think Bubba's right. Although I will say, in Nuno's defense, the Lions are more likely to make it than the Bears. I know you put the Bears in because they're 2-1, and one, but I think the Lions are better than the Bears. The Lions never win these close games, though. They always lose. 
Like they, they just okay. I, I like that. I'm actually I actually agree with you. Okay. I like the Lions right now better than several teams on this list. But they never win these freaking games. Like they play everybody. They lose on the last play every <laughs> week. So at some point, either that the law of averages says that's going to turn, or that's just their lot in life. All right, fair enough. And uh, Nuno, I'll give you the last vote on this. Which of those two teams is not going to make it? You could put the Lions in if you want. No, so it'll be the Giants, New Orleans, and I think Chicago as so well. So everyone is taking the same teams out. So, I mean, let's see. Well, it's sort of bookmark it. I can't argue with any of those. I kind of like it. Now, if the Lions are going to make a run, is someone going to make a surprising run that we don't see coming? Is Arizona going to look a lot better as the season goes on? They have that one. You had a great stat this morning on the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are the only team in the NFL this season that have not played with a lead for one second. The Arizona Cardinals, the only time they've had a lead was at the very end of their one win when they won in overtime. But they didn't at any point during the game, during regulation or overtime, until they won, had a lead. So the Arizona Cardinals haven't played with a lead at all this season. The team with the next fewest amount of time leading. Well, it's got to be the Jets. Yes. Just take a guess for me. Guess how many minutes the Jets have played with the lead this season. Well, I know the answer because how, how much time was left when Garrett uh, Wilson caught that touchdown against Cleveland? They took the lead. They, other than that, have not led. They haven't, frankly, been in any danger of leading at any point in any game other than that. Um, they were behind that whole game. How many seconds were left when Garrett Wilson <laughs> caught that pass? 30? 22. 22 seconds. The Jets have left for 22 seconds, 0.2% of the time. Okay, and, and yet they're 1-2, and, yeah. and and you live with that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And the Cardinals are 1-2, and two and they haven't. I mean, the Raiders have played with the lead, and they're winless. So on we go from there. We'll see what winds up happening, but there, there is a level of parity in it. And we talked at length about the Cowboys and the Giants earlier here, and so I want to get on to the next thing, which is an I'm sorry what? I'm sorry what? I'm sorry what? what? I'm sorry what? So I was in the car yesterday, I mentioned, and I was listening to my friend Michael Kay with Don and Peter doing their afternoon show on ESPN Radio in New York, and you know that all the NBA teams are having their their media sessions, right? They've got all the media in and all the players are talking. The stars are talking. Anthony Davis is saying interesting things in L.A. And James Harden is saying he lost 100 pounds in Philadelphia. And Kevin Durant is talking. And it's the first time that he has sat there and answered questions since the summer that he just had. And I want to remind everyone, lest you have forgotten, that during this summer, Kevin Durant demanded to be traded from Brooklyn and then demanded that the coach and general manager be fired. None of those things happened. And so you're going to hear a question to him, like, should the fans have questions about your commitment to the organization? And he takes great umbrage at that question being asked. Nets fans should know me after three years and the work I put in. Like, we've been through a lot as a team, and I still go out there and do my job. So I don't feel like I got to prove anything to Net fans after three years. And I'm committed to moving forward with this team. So if they got doubts, then I can't control that. That's on you. But you seen me. You know what I do. You know how much I care about playing, and you know how much I care about my teammates and this organization by what I've shown these last three years. So... You know, I just keep being me every day. And some people going to like it. Some people not going to like it, but they may come around to it. I mean, it is what it is. Okay. So there's a lot there to unpack. First of all, through what has been a ridiculously dysfunctional three years, of which he didn't play the first one because of injury. That was, there's no criticism of that. He had a torn Achilles. 
through what has been an impossibly dysfunctional two seasons, primarily caused by Kyrie Irving, but any number of other circumstances as well, he has been a professional. He has shown up every day. He has shown that to the fans and the organization. So on that level, I understand what he means. But does anyone else feel there's a lack of self-awareness in saying, if you don't know that, it's on you, when, once again, you spent this summer demanding a trade, you stayed with that a while. Like, he didn't demand a trade and then come back on it the next day. He wanted to be traded. He demanded to be traded. And then when it became clear he wasn't going to be, he demanded for the coach and general manager to be fired. It is perfectly reasonable to question a person's dedication to the organization when they do those things. And the fact that he seems offended by the idea anyone might ask him that or that any fan might wonder or worry about that is a strange phenomenon. Like, I don't really know what the psychology is that you can be in a place. Look, maybe that's how you get to be Kevin Durant. Because the one thing I will never question, well, first and foremost, his talent is ridiculous. He's as talented as any person that's ever touched a basketball. And I do believe he's dedicated to winning. I do believe he, gives, he is a professional in circumstances where the unprofessionalism around him has been unspeakable. I will give him all of that. But does it take a reasonably... What is the psychology where a person can say, hey, if you question me at all at this point, that's on you. If you have just spent the summer demanding a trade and then demanding that the coach and general manager be fired. It's fascinating. I don't even mean this as criticism. I think it's interesting. As a person who understands a little bit about psychology, and again, from the standpoint of a patient, not a doctor, but I understand all this and I'm fascinated, endlessly fascinated by it. I read a lot about it. That's a heck of a place to be. A heck of a place to be. Humbo, I want you out. Nuno, I want you out. Baba, I want you out. I want to be allowed to leave the company tomorrow, and I want to go work somewhere else. And if none of those things happen, you must not question my dedication to the team or to the job. Like, that is a very strange place to be psychologically. On some level, I give them credit for it. Like, I'm like, that takes a lot, that's a lot of gumption to be able to sit there and just say that out loud. And the funny part is, he'll win that. Because who's fighting that that has anywhere near the credence he does? Like, I can sit here and say this, but who cares? And at the end of the day, when the season starts, if he's good and they're good, then this will all be forgotten, and I'll be the first to forget it. But we can't just pretend it didn't happen, (laughs) can we? Like, can we just sit here and pretend it didn't happen? So it really does bring up a fairly interesting question. Are they going to be good? Or is this going to be the biggest train wreck of all time? I can't decide which is more likely, and I can't decide which one I'm rooting for. Hmm. What do you think? I don't think there has ever been a more predictable combustion than the one that will occur in Brooklyn over the next six to eight months. I'm, I think it is clear as day that is the likeliest outcome. You have the three most flammable personalities in the entire NBA, all with different agendas, joining forces for the first time. I just don't see a scenario in which it is likely that it ends well. The third is Simmons? Yeah. Uh, Nuno, Nets. Really good or a complete disaster? So I think they'll be really good, at least for 
a period of time. But then I'm waiting for that, just that it blowing up, like because I am that type of person and being a Knicks fan. But I expect them to be really good really early because they all seem like they're quote-unquote buying in, at least for now, and then we'll see what happens. I think Kembo's coming from the side of, you know, he's just hoping that because of his 76ers. And, that's true. You know, that, that's exactly where mm-hmm. he's coming from. I admit I admit where I'm coming from, Hembo. You need to start admitting your faults. We and have. And you're – Organizational stability. We have James Harden in reasonably good shape. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> He's about. He's lost 100 pounds. Uh, all right. Greedy presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit progressive.com. Much more on last night's game and a word on the most underappreciated superstar in sports. Plus, someone suffered the worst indignity I could ever possibly imagine, and you'll hear what it was right after this. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Grainy coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We will have plenty of time to get back to last night's Monday night game and the ramifications of it as we continue the football conversation shortly. We'll talk about the most underappreciated superstar in sports by far. We have a green light coming up, and we will point out a baseball team that is an abject embarrassment. So all that is still on the way. So plenty of sportsy sports stuff. In the conversation as we continue. But uh, Nuno and Bubba, you need to hear something that Hembo read to me this morning. And I will caution. Hembo's sense of humor is highly suspect. Mm. Highly. So I told you last week that after um, a home run was hit by Oswaldo Cabrera, when I was screening a highlight preparing to do it on Get Up, Hembo suggested to me it would be really funny if I made the call, Oswaldo, there's Waldo. <laughs> he continues to think it would have been funny. <laughs> this morning, he comes racing over to me after the Giants gave up more pressures last night on their quarterback than any team has in any game this NFL season and said, Greeny, I got it. I got one for you. He said, you should say the Giants offensive line is an offensive line. <laughs> And he's standing there like very earnestly looking at me thinking I'm going to say that on TV 
and that it's going to be awesome when I do. <laughs> so I want to be clear that the bar for humor, and, uh, humor with Hembo is set very low. But he did tell me something this morning that genuinely struck me as funny. And so it's something I just want you to know. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Think for one moment to yourself about the worst thing that could happen to you at work. Think even further about some time that you started a new job and what that feeling is like. It's been a long time for me. I've been working at the same place for 26 years. But even I remember what it was like that first day, that first week. And all of us, I think, have had that experience at one time or another. With that as the table being set, Hembo, take us through what you told me. Yes, I have a friend that started a new job on Monday, uh, yesterday, and I'm in a group text with him and two other buddies, one of whom asked him, how was your first day at work? Pretty inconspicuous question. This is his answer to the question, how was your first day at work? Who's more at fault? The guy who forgot to lock the door in a single-use bathroom or the guy that just walks in without knocking. So I want you to stop and consider what just happened here. But this person, on his first day of work at a new job, was seated, and I think that's an important part of the discussion, in a restroom, forgot to or failed to appropriately barricade himself inside, (laughs) and as a consequence was walked in on in, I think, the most vulnerable moment that you have in life. There is no more vulnerable moment you have than that. Go ahead. Can I paint the picture? Please do. Because we asked him to elaborate. He said this. I was like mid-lunge, pants down, and let out the most pathetic sorry as we made eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) It's the eye contact that really gets me there. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm somewhat confused by his use of the word lunge. But I think we all have a visual on what exactly happened here. I have a variety of questions. And Bubba, you are a man of, of great judgment and you understand the way the world works. First, does it seem this person now, uh, Hembo's friend, has two options. One... You just quit immediately. Like you just leave and you never come back. Two, you have to see to it that the person who walked in on you is fired that day. Like you have to paint some, you have to do something that gets that person fired because under no circumstances can the two of you continue to coexist in the same work environment. I, you could never see that person again. Once that eye contact is made, it is never unmade to be very clear. Bubba, what is your strategy for Hembo's friend? Yeah, there are only two options for sure, but the option has to be number one because it was his fault in the bathroom. Fully his fault. To go to the original question, there's no chance it's anyone else's fault. If you're in the bathroom, you need to lock it. It's no one else's fault. The people come to the bathroom, it's it's not their job to knock every time they go to a bathroom door. It's so. Let me ask, hold on a second. Hmm. Let me stop you there. We do have here... At our studios, in, uh, in, in we, we work down at the South Street Seaport in Manhattan. We have one bathroom that is a, a one as you call it, like a single 
person's bathroom. It is right. right outside the studio door, and it is meant to be the place that the on-air people in particular can go run to real quick during a commercial break and run back. Right. Usually, that door is left open. If there's no one in there, the door is open. If the door is closed, my immediate suspicion is that there is probably someone in there. I don't think I would just barge in. If I really needed to go in, I might knock, but I don't think I would. Do you take it upon yourself to just walk in a closed door of what you know to be a single person's bathroom? Nuno. Nuno? <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm just, there's people gazing at Bubba outside our window, so he just threw me off a little. No problem. Check the Google Doc. <laughs> are, are, you, are, are you honestly, did you not hear anything we were just talking about? I Is heard it- about that. Yeah, lock the damn door. Like, it's ridiculous. You don't knock. It's a one per. First of all, who works at a place that has a, only one, like, one person bathroom? Like, well, that as is- I just said on the air, <laughs> I, I do. I know we that, but you also, here. but there's also another one down the hall. That's like, true. So, yes, and. And the etiquette in, at the seaport is that is for the talent. You stay away from that. But but that's not, yes, but that isn't the reason that you knock on the door first because it doesn't matter to me if it is uh, someone from behind the scenes or Max Kellerman <laughs> no, upon that, whom that's I on them. Like you, you know, if they don't lock the door and you walk in, like... I get that, it, it's that, on them. That, that, that's them to apologize. That's either you apologize or you quit. Like... Apologize. Yeah, like you apologize for the fact that you were an animal and didn't lock the door. Then, you know, maybe you, because what, you were that, like, (laughs) you were struggling that much that you couldn't take a half a second to lock the door before you lunged? That said, (laughs) yeah, the lunge, I really don't understand the lunge. lunge. Let me just say one more thing or ask one more question. What is the etiquette, Bubba, in in a one in a one-person's bathroom, when you depart, do you leave the door open or closed? And, and I ask this because it seems to me that the avoidance of this problem is easy in leaving the door open. I always leave that door open when I depart that bathroom so it is evident to all that you can go in if you need to. Is that, is, is that the etiquette? I Maybe I've just assumed that's the etiquette. It makes sense to me. Yeah, if you're saying the door, you can literally keep it open. Yeah, I would, okay. keep, I would keep it like ajar, not fully open, mm. but I would just keep it a slightly ajar. Yeah, no, that it, would be that would be my move. Um, but I mean, a lot of bathroom doors, I think, literally just fully closed. You but, can't you can't even do anything. So those you got you, you know. It's that's on you see, to lock. But, but, but if you can leave it open, I would say you know just a couple inches, keep it ajar, and then people know. Did your friend no. go back to work? He went back. Well, that's ridiculous. My question for you let's live in a world in which this happened to you. No, there is no such world. What, Not possible. What should you say no. the next time that you encounter this person? No. Uh, goodbye. And I mean, I, I thank you. It's been nice knowing you. How can I'm, they ever have eye contact again? Yes. Th- th- no, th- that you cannot continue to exist. In fact, I'm not even sure I could go on at all. Like, forgetting about that person. I'm not sure I could go on. Like, I just think that might be, like, there are some experiences that are not worth right. moving on from. Like, I'm just like, oh, well, you know, it's been a good run. But now that someone has walked in on me in the bathroom and we've made eye contact mid-lunge, <laughs> I'm done here. Uh, you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation's presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Back to the sports in just a moment, including uh, an absolute disgrace in the green light and the number one reaction I had to last night's 
Monday night football game. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This conversation has taken a turn. Like, like I'm just not happy. And look, I, I, I understand fully. The show is called Hashtag Greeny because I get to choose these things, and I'm the one who led us down this path. And so now I think I would like to just say, I apologize. I believe I led us astray. Like, I just think this, this conversation during the break went to places I just can't even fathom and are certainly not... Uh, to be shared. We have callers? Oh, yeah. What are they? Oh, God. All right. You want to put someone on? Uh, go ahead. Who, 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 who's calling? Uh, Brandon in Maine is first. Brandon up. in Maine, why are you calling? A uh, couple of expounding questions on bathroom etiquette, Greeny, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, first one, is there a light switch on the outside of the bathroom or the inside? Is it inside or outside? Do you know? It's inside. It's inside. Okay, so that was the only thing I was going to say. If it's on the outside, if it's off, maybe it would lead that the bathroom is open. If it's on, maybe someone's in the bathroom. Um, my follow-up question is, I know I've noticed a lot of these bathrooms now have the green and red slide Correct. signs that yes. when you lock it, it says occupied mm-hmm. or in use or unoccupied. Does it have one of those on there, perhaps? No, it does not. Well, I mean, in this case, you don't know that because it, it would have failed. It would be even more your friend's fault to the point that Brandon is making because if, if indeed you had the red or the green mm-hmm. like in an, air, an airplane, you never have to wonder if there's someone in the bathroom. It's either locked or it's not locked. And it says on there occupied or not occupied. Right. If indeed you don't do your responsibility, then the person is even more justified in assuming they can just walk in the door because you have an obligation to turn that thing red. I'm assuming the red-green option did not exist. He did not mention it, but I can't tell you for sure. It wouldn't matter anyway because he's either in the wrong or he's even more in the wrong. (laughs) But there are no circumstances in which he's in the right. I feel so bad for the intruder. Me too. I, I mean, because look, that I, person's been scarred. Look, this is my friend. He, he's he's from Philadelphia. This is not this is not something that anyone can come back from, including the intruder. No, I, in fact, I, does your friend? I think your friend has really done everyone a disservice yeah. by going back to work today. So do I. Like, I think that's one you got to fall on your sword. Mm-hmm. You got to just say, you know what, guys, this is my bad. I, I can't force all of you to have to deal with me from now on, so I quit. You, I think you just quit after one day. Do you update the LinkedIn profile to say that you were employed for one day? Yes, and then when they ask you why you were employed for one day, you explain what happened to you mid-lunch and the eye contact, and I think your new employer understands. They're like, you know what? I get it, and you're an honorable person for recognizing that you're in the wrong here and, and, take, and, and quitting as a result. I would hire that guy. Mid-lunch. I'm hiring that guy. We continue in 15 seconds. I am Greeny, and what can only be described as just a terrible occurrence, people are calling in and want to talk about this friend of Hembo's who got walked in on in the bathroom. And against my better judgment, let's just take one and see how that goes. Did you say this is Preston? Yep. Preston, what what exactly? Please keep this in a reasonable place. What exactly happened to you? 
So I was a new hire at a job, and we have a one-person bathroom. And, you know, I was going in. I, I looked at the bolt lock, which you guys are not considering in this whole thing, and it was unlocked. We didn't have this vacant and non-vacant. Mm-hmm. I opened the door, and there was a guy, mid pull down, getting ready to sit down. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, I didn't quit. <laughs> he quit. He did quit. <laughs> he quit. Uh, Preston, that's good. Let me ask you a question. Like, could you have continued to deal with him? Could was it? Were any he, words? Ex- I have so many questions. Were any we words never, exchanged? We, we never said a word to each other. He never spoke to me after that, and that was my second day, I think. Uh-huh. But he quit about a week later, and I was wondering <laughs> why did he quit? But I knew why. <laughs> <laughs> Preston, that was a perfect punctuation to this ridiculous conversation, and I appreciate you bringing it. Thank you very much for giving us a call on ESPN Radio. Let me get off of this topic because, candidly, it is it is beneath all of us. It is beneath you who are listening it is beneath <laughs> us who are sitting here having the conversation let us get back to the important matters of the day in sports in fact let's point out just an absolute disgrace I'm ready to go right now. green light with greeny so i'm going to give hembo the green light yesterday hembo texted me a photo and it was an aerial shot of the stadium pnc park where the pittsburgh pirates play They had a day game yesterday, and he sends me this picture that is meant to demonstrate how many people aren't in the stands. And I looked at this picture, and I'm telling you, I swear to you, I am not exaggerating. There aren't 200 people in that room. (laughs) There are not 200 people. The announced attendance for this game is 8,000 which is ridiculous, unless every single one of them was getting a hot dog at exactly the same time. There are 200 people sitting in these stands. And all I can think to myself is, this is a disgrace. What they have allowed, I was in that building the first day they opened that ballpark, Mike and I were there. That is a magnificent place to go see a baseball game, right in downtown Pittsburgh. I mean, it is an awesome place to go. There's awesome places to go right afterwards. That, that, that no, and, and that is as good a sports town. Anyone who knows anything knows that Pittsburgh is an unbelievable sports town. Look at the way they support the Steelers. Look at the way they support the Penguins. How on freaking earth do you allow yourself to be in that situation? Everyone I know who cares about that team screams and yells they need to sell that team. And it is another example of the scourge that is tanking in professional sports. It's not just that the Pirates are 40 games below 500. It's that they're making no effort to try and win a single game. Their opening day payroll this year was $56 million. It's something like 30% of what it should be. And look, you don't have to take my word for it. Like They told you themselves yesterday that we're not trying to win. This is the best way to demonstrate it. So, Miguel Andujar played for the Yankees for a number of years. He was on waivers. Okay? Yesterday, the Pittsburgh Pirates picked up Miguel Andujar off of waivers. In other words, he was not good enough to play for the Yankees. The same day, he hit third for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Miguel Andujar, on the same day, was not good enough to play for the Yankees and was also the best player on the Pirates. If that's not a damning indictment of what they're doing in Pittsburgh, I'm not sure what is. And here's the thing. We've been waiting for it to work forever. Again, the incentivizing of losing, the worst part of it is that frequently it works. Ask the people in Houston 
and the celebration parade they had. And, and take the garbage can banging out of it for a minute here, because that has nothing to do with the fact that they tore everything down. They allowed themselves to be awful for three consecutive seasons. I mean, unimaginably non-competitively awful. And then use that to build a team that won championships. Cubs did the same thing. Did the same thing. And that's not their fault. That's not Theo Epstein's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It is the fault of the system. The worst thing that could happen to any team, the worst thing that should happen to any team on any given day is losing. Incentivizing losing in any way in any sport is a terrible idea. And that's how you wind up with 800 paying customers in the stands. I mean, there, there, there's no way. 8,000, don't be ridiculous. That was a typo in the agate. Someone added a zero by mistake. There's no way there's 8,000 people there. Bubba, what do you think? I mean, I personally, PNC is honestly my, my favorite stadium of, of all the ballparks. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's depressing to see because I, I love going there. I've been there probably two, three times, and yeah, I love going there. It's, and it's, to see that few people there is, is ridiculous. And uh, I mean, I, I don't blame them when they're just that bad. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, thank God, you know. I mean, we went through it for the Mets when you know year after year they've been bad, but never this bad. So I can't even imagine what it would be like to just be that bad year in and year out. But it's such a great stadium, and just going to waste and no one being there is, is incredibly frustrating. And you'd hope that they can get that because you said it's such a great sports town. And you'd like to see them get to at least respectable again. They had that moment in time. What years were my thinking of when they had Andrew McCutcheon and they made a couple of they they, yeah, I they had say, a run they, they made the, the wild card like game a couple of times years. right did they did they actually get out of the wild card game remind me what they did sure 2013 2014 and 2015 they lost the wild card game twice in 2013 the beginning of those runs they lost in the division series that year so they had three good years who beat in a row, them that year the Cardinals okay yeah I'm trying to remember the series I mean, so they've had a, a little momentary glimpse of goodness in the midst of all of this. And again, this is about incentivizing the losing. This is about setting up a system where the teams with the worst records get the best picks. It's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea in every sport. Adam Silver is doing something about it in the NBA. The NFL, we don't really have this problem, although we did just see a scenario. I mean, look at the Dolphins now. They're 3-0. and They're one of three unbeatens in the entire—or two unbeatens? How many teams are unbeaten? Them in Philly. They're one of two unbeatens in the entire sport. And three years ago, the owner told the coach he was incentivizing the future over trying to win. That is the worst thing that can happen in sports. And I don't blame the organizations for doing it because it is a tried and true method. We must create rules that disincentivize losing because that is the only way you're ever going to reasonably get people to stop doing it. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio next. I want to take everyone behind the scenes of a conversation we had in uh, our pre-show meeting today. So every morning at six o'clock, we have a meeting to get ready for get up. So, um, you know, we have about five or six members of the behind the scenes brain trust of whom Hembo is one who are on this call. They, they all you know, you generally call in and then in the room will be me and the people who are going to be on the air with me that day. And in this case today, that was Jeff Saturday and Dominique Foxworth and Robert Griffin III and Dan Graziano. So we're sitting in there, the five of us, and we're having a conversation about Lamar Jackson and the season that he's having. And I bring up the question, why is it that there are people who still refuse to acknowledge how good he is? And Jeff Saturday, with a very honest and innocent look on his face, said, who's that? Like, who is it that doesn't see this is going on? And so I feel a need to remind everyone that it was not two years ago, but two months ago, 
that The Athletic did this poll of people inside the sport, coaches and general managers, the geniuses who run these organizations, and they voted Lamar Jackson the 11th best quarterback in the NFL. And one of them said, an anonymous NFL defensive coordinator, in a really astonishing moment of absolute cowardice, said, I don't care if he wins league MVP 12 times, I don't think he'll ever be number one as a quarterback. And I will tell you why that happens. Because there are too many people in sports, and now the players always tell me, I've worked with players for 20-something, almost 30 years. They always tell me, if you think the egos are large on the bottom floor, you should go upstairs. And so those people, the people who say things like that, they would rather lose than be wrong. Mm. They would rather be right than win. They don't want to acknowledge that they were wrong. Lamar Jackson right now is the best player in the NFL. I don't even think that's an opinion. It's an obvious statement of fact. It can be backed up with statistics that at this moment are ludicrous. What percentage of their offense is he? He is 87% of the number one offense in the NFL. How bad is their defense? Heinous. The worst pass defense in the NFL over the last two seasons. And so if not for the most ridiculous fourth quarter you've ever seen, that team, with one player accounting for all of the offense and the defense being let's just be kind, below average, that team would otherwise be 3-0. and Lamar Jackson is having as good a season, I know it's three games, as anyone has ever had. His fantasy numbers, and that's not important except that it is a measure of all the things that he's doing, are equal to the best first three games any quarterback or any player has ever had in football history. Hembo did that as a trivia question on Get Up this morning. It was a list that included Jim Brown. (laughs) So we're going back as far as football goes back. And I think there are a lot of factors that that, that play into Lamar Jackson being under-evaluated. But the reality is, if you gave every team in the league right now the option to start their team with one player, I don't think any of them would take him. I think it would be split between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Further, I think that if you gave these same geniuses a silent vote, a silent choice, I don't even think Lamar would go third. Hmm. I think they would talk themselves into either Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or someone else because Lamar Jackson just doesn't always do it the way they think it has to be done. But here's the obvious reality. He's not the same as everyone else because he's better. He's better. And Robert Griffin III, who was his teammate for multiple years, told us on TV this morning that the guys like Tom Brady will go see their quarterback guru two or three times during an offseason. That's how dedicated they are to to their craft, to being the best they can be. Two or three times during an offseason. Lamar Jackson went nine times this offseason, Robert told us. This is a guy who gets it in every way it can be gotten. And yet, there is still this nonsense that surrounds him. And there are a variety of reasons for it. The biggest of them, I continue to believe, 
is that most of the people in the NFL, the same ones who brought you Kenny Galladay having the highest cap hit of any wide receiver in pro football today, those same geniuses would rather lose than admit they were wrong. And that leads you to these anonymous chicken bleep quotes and all of that. So I've never met Lamar Jackson literally in my entire life. I've never met him. I don't know him at all. And yet I'm rooting for him like crazy, more than ever before. He's the Aaron Judge of football right now. He has bet on himself, and every single week, the price tag goes up. So I love it. And again, I think I said this yesterday. There's no shame in having been wrong about him. Almost everyone was. The whole league passed on him, including the Ravens. They had a first-round pick that year and didn't take him. They took someone else. They could have taken him in the first round and didn't. They then traded back to have the last pick of the first round, and that's where they took him. But if they knew he was going to be this, they would have taken him earlier than that. So that's my point. There's no shame in having been wrong about Lamar Jackson. Practically the entire league was. Give me a final thought on that. I think the best analog or comparison for Lamar Jackson is Steph Curry who, despite winning four titles and two scoring titles and two MVPs and being the best player on a dynasty, you will still see credible and famous people say that he's the product of a system, that he wouldn't have thrived in the 80s or 90s. And that's just because it looks different. And we are averse to things that look different. But truly, it does not matter how you are great. It just matters that you are great. And right now, Lamar Jackson is greater than any player in the NFL. Yes, the only reason that others haven't done what he's doing is because they couldn't. He's one of the only people, if not the only one ever to set on a field who could. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.